This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to another episode of the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. Guys, on today's episode, we'll revisit two years since the Kyrie Irving Isaiah Thomas trade, and we're going to wonder what the Celtics might have looked like today if that trade never happened. Uh, first, we're going to ask you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Huge help for our numbers. Uh, please give us a follow on our Twitter page. That is at Winning Plays Pod. Uh, as always, shout out to CLNS Media for hosting the show. Shout out to BetOnline.ag, the best sponsor we've ever had. Uh, uh, good morning, guys. It's a it's a Thursday, and uh, you want to you get started with some trivia. I think we're getting into a little bit of a groove with that. You ready? I like it. Let's go. Beautiful. All right. Well, first, something very strange that I, that I figured out last night as I was researching this question, actually, as, as my team was researching this question. Do you know that? So we're talking about Kyrie and the Isaiah Thomas trade on this on today's episode. So Kyrie Irving is the only player in Celtics history with an I as his last initial. Okay. Isaiah Thomas is the only player in Celtics wow. history with an I as his first initial. Isn't that pretty crazy? <laughs> How weird is I that? Mean, that's odd. So my question... Uh, that's crack work by your research team. I know. So my question for you guys, who are the only two players in Celtics history with a last name that begins with Y? Not I, but Y. Yeah, James Young's one. James Young is one. And he's, he was the harder one, I figured. Really? Yeah. And, and he's even more recent than <laughs> James Young. You might think of the Y as this, of this guy's the first name. more recent than... You might think of the Y as his first name, which is part of oh, the problem. Oh, Yabba. Yabba Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And just for fun, do you want you know the, the one Z in Celtics history but besides Zarin? Zizic? Oh, Zizic never actually played. That That's a that's a, a, a sad oh, thing to bring up so early. Sneaky. But, but no, uh, Tyler Zeller is the only player with the with the wow. Z. Uh, uh, what do you think? That, that was pretty good? That was pretty that was good. good. Okay, yeah, it's a little, a little outside the box <laughs> for, for an outside-the-box episode. Um, but yeah, but today we're talking about the trade. Two years. What, what's the exact date, B-Rob, of it? Do we know? It's today. Oh, it is August, today. Uh, August 22nd. August yeah. 22nd, 2017. This was reported. That's it. So it's funny, Rich, since I, as we were brainstorming ideas for this episode, I, I brought up the two-year anniversary of the Kyrie trade, and Mike Pena immediately said, I'm not talking about Kyrie, which is fair, <laughs> which is fair at this point, and I get it, but I thought a good way for us to still talk about it without actually talking about it is the the a little alternate reality here, since obviously this trade happened, and it's been dissected to death, but what would have happened if this trade fell apart or just never happened to begin with, if, if they... You know, Isaiah failed his physical, and that just, you know, things didn't happen there. Or Danny was like, oh, the, you know, the price is too high here. Or the Cavs were like, we don't want to deal with the Celtics because they're a rival. We just don't want to trade Kyrie there. So just going through that scenario, I thought it might be fun to just look at what this team could look like now without that Irving trade ever coming to be. So the thought exercise here for us is we're going to put – we each have our own starting five in 2020 um knowing that Kyrie that Kyrie trade was never made and we're just going to dissect that so Mike do you want me to lead off here or do you want to take the reins B-Rob I would love for for <laughs> you to kick things off all right uh where 
what do you guys want to hear first? You want me to go like point guard to center or backwards? Well, you want to you want to start with the with the guys that are actually on the team right now that would still be on the team. You want to say that? that yeah. I mean, I assume yeah, maybe Jason Tatum is, is still, or maybe not. What, what do you got? This is good. I like this. This is a perfect way to introduce it. There is there is one Celtic that is currently on the team that is in the starting lineup. Can you guys guess who that is? Marcus Smart. Gordon Hayward. Incorrect. Correct. <laughs> it's Gordon. Um, wow. It's Gordon. So this is, uh, I'm going to start it. I'm going to start at center to save the drama for you guys for the end here. Um, my starting front court is uh, Anthony Davis and Al Horford. Uh, my wings are Gordon Hayward. And again, this is a either Kawhi Leonard hmm. or the Brooklyn pick if Kawhi had left. So that's the 2008, you know, number eight overall pick. We'll say for a filler, it's like one of the bridges, since that's someone who was taken in that range. Right. But for, for for fun here, we'll say it's Kawhi, saying he re-signed. And uh, my starting point card, Terry Rozier. <laughs> wow. So Terry, Kawhi, Gordon, Brow, and Big Al. Yes. Okay. So my first question is... So I assume that the okay. So what were the assets that you gave up to? Let's start with I guess Ka- Kawhi. Yeah, so Kawhi came first. So Kawhi, that trade was in the summer of 2018. Okay. And so for him, I gave up Jalen Brown, Jay Crowder, Marcus Morris, Yabu. And the 2019 Clippers pick, and at the 2019 Celtics first round pick, for one year of Kawhi so, Leonard. for yes, well, in this universe, Kawhi is still on the team, right? Re-signed. So this is yeah, this sure, is, but at the time, but at this time, you only this is you only had one year, yeah, you only had one year guarantee at the time of that trade. So what do you? By thinking of this, I think this isn't. I made it an overpay to make it more realistic, like the Celtics would. You know, the Spurs would have had to take this over the Raptors deal mm-hmm. of DeRozan, uh, just knowing that, like, Pop clearly wanted, you know, to, the competitive win-now team still after trading Kawhi. And I feel like you just can't say no to this package. Um, and I do think the Celtics could probably have done it for less than this, but this is just for realism's sake, like, mm-hmm. what they could have had to do that trade. Okay, so that makes all makes a ton of sense. I like it. Uh, the Anthony Davis trade now. So I guess what is left over for that? Yes. So we still have after that trade for Kawhi, you still have the Brooklyn pick, the 2019 Sacramento pick, the Memphis pick, and then your own future first round picks beyond like you know. 2020 and so my package for anthony davis in this exercise is jason tatum marcus smart to match the money ante zizic just because why not and the 2019 kings pick and then if needed an extra first round pick or two 
of the Celtics owning. So you're you have you pretty much use all your draft assets. You still have the two thousand. You still have the Memphis pick left over after that trade for AD. When uh, what, what's like the timeline? So we do, we do like we, you trade for for Kawhi in eighteen, and then are you thinking like the same? So I'm thinking. Good question, Rich. This trade in my mind happens at the trade deadline in February once ah. he AD requests the trade. Because again, in this scenario, there's no Rose rule because they don't have Kyrie, so the Celtics could have traded for AD at any point. And in this scenario, again, the Celtics probably could have gotten ad for less than this but in my world i'm thinking a tatum might not be as big of a breakout star at this point because there would have been more of a logjam at the wing initially with like if crowder was still here and morris etc for that first year and they also want to at this point the lakers don't have the number four overall pick in their offer because the lottery's not there yet so you have the ability to you strike first essentially before the Lakers can improve their offer uh, at that trade deadline. And so, and obviously you want to keep Kawhi if you're Danny Age and what better way to convince him to stay than getting AD for a year and a half. Interesting. Fascinating. So, so, so the AD one makes a little bit more sense when you say that because then you're, getting, you're going to be getting a year and a half, right, of him. You exactly. get the, the second half of last year plus this coming year. The, the the Kawhi one like that's the one that like I I just don't know and I think this this last couple of years proved it are the Celtics ever gonna overpay for a guy who only has one year left on his deal that's what I can't decide I mean I and I think especially now that they've I, built a little bit of a yeah, winning like a winning uh, system and they can say hey if we can get this guy in free agency for nothing you know why are we gonna break the bank to bring him here to bring him a year early when he might leave anyways like what happened with Toronto. I know we're having fun here, but, but I, that's just the thought. I, I agree with you. Yeah, we're having fun. So this is like, I mean, what did you really give up here in this deal? Besides, you know, you gave up Jalen, like, for Kawhi. Like, you gave up a Clippers pick that you gave two picks that are going to be in the end of the first round. And at this point, you, the, the cries for Danny to do something would probably be massive. True, but that, that, that's not that. That doesn't affect passed Danny. on Kyrie. That's not that matter, but, but, but the, this was a ticking, you know, the assets... The timeline, the value of his assets were ticking down. Like Crowder would only have one year left on the deal that's after true. this. Morris would have had one year left on the deal after this. Jalen, obviously, that's your centerpiece. And then you give up Yabusele's salary filler and then a couple late first-round picks. Again, I, I feel like this would have been the initial step to to get, again, to give yourself, make yourself a contender immediately, but also giving another guy in place to convince, you know, AD to stay when you get him in vice versa. Kind of what the Kyrie trade was initially, I feel like, too, as a, a recruiting tool to get guys to stay there once, if they were acquired. So that so that seven, that season, the, this 2017-2018 season, is just, the, you, you have Tatum there now, you have Gordon there now, and then it's just whatever was left from the, from the previous season. Isaiah stays for the year, you think? Exactly. Isaiah stays for the year. In my scenario, Isaiah stays for the year. Obviously, he's hurt. Gets surgery at some point. In my scenario, he gets re-signed for like a... On the bench for like a one-year, couple million dollar deal to like rehab. Like, they pretty much say, hey, you can stay here. And like, we'll obviously give you a shot if you're healthy. But I assume that, you know, so he's here for that or he's somewhere else in the minimum deal. Um, 
based on just what his health was. And then obviously you've got, you know, Smart, Jalen, Hayward, Crowder, Horford, that's your starting five. And then your bench is like Rozier, Tatum, Marcus Morris, Baines, Isaiah when he's healthy. So that, so uh, October, uh, October, August 22nd, 2017 is when the trade happens. Do you know, you guys know who the next three all-stars to be traded were after, uh, after this trade? I mean, that's, it'd be crazy if you did, but any, uh, any guesses? Uh, yes. Blake Griffin. <laughs> Blake Griffin is one. Carmelo Anthony. Cause I actually, this is what I wrote about on Boston sports journal today. Oh, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo yeah, Anthony, a, a f- and then was he an all-star in twenty? Well, I just meant like sort of, yeah, like sort of at the at yeah. an all-star level, like a, a previous all-star in the last few years. Um, so that, that, that's why I sure. did it. So the next three, going by that, were Blake Griffin, Carmelo Anthony, and Isaiah Thomas when he got traded later that next season. <laughs> Mike, you've been very quiet here. What are, what are your takes on this? I think he's building I, his team over there. No, no, no. <laughs> my, my, my team is constructed. Um, it's uh, a bit of a fantasy, um, and not that it's like super creative, but I think that I'm not sure if the timeline. We were talking a little bit before we started to record about you know timelines. I'm I, a big weak spot in my own just life is being able to remember things. So mm. uh, we'll see how the the legality of of my team. I'm not sure how it'll all stack up. B Rob was obviously. Um, very uh, punctual with his, and I guess like did, my, did you have my, any questions for me, Mike? Before we move no, on, no. I mean, my my I guess my other my only other question is like, did the Celtics win the title last year? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is the 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 situation here is you the Celtics win the title with Kawhi and AD last year, and then you don't really know what happens. Like Kawhi could have been gone. But AD is still here for at least one more year, and you you hope that this is the intriguing thing about the what if scenario. I feel like because Toronto did everything right, and Kawhi still left, and so the question is like, if he would have had a co-star of AD's level with him in a place like Boston, would that have been enough to convince him to stay, or would he have been gone anyway? So things get really ugly in my scenario if Kawhi leaves. And then obviously AD leaves after 2020. Then you literally have nothing left beyond, you know, from a, a building standpoint. Right. But I also think from an op, you know, that's also, you know, is Kawhi going to leave this team set up to win for years with him as the face of it, you know, after winning a title? I'm not sure. Like, I think that's something that Danny Ainge, in terms of culture, what this team can do, I think you would feel pretty good about your chances there. I'm also shocked that anyone has questioned me having Terry Rozier as a point guard on this team. Well, that that yeah, that could be its own podcast. I don't even know what <laughs> mental like gymnastics you had to do to to get that figured out and accept that that would happen. Um, so Terry Rozier, but it also that kind of ties into my <laughs> exactly. Right. That, I mean, that tied into my other question is like, I did the Celtics win it all? Because B Rob has Terry Rozier as the point guard, and I assume that that would self-combust in some form or another but can you imagine yeah, so, i mean i see uh, real quick can you imagine what the hornets might have offered if you'd let, them, let the celtics do a title <laughs> michael jordan so would have given that him is a the, right but it is the money in this scenario like the you rosier's contract would have been hefty in this scenario but he would still have been restricted 
and the Celtics really wouldn't have had any alternatives in terms of like a starting level point guard because everyone else was dealt. And then you do again. You still you think Horford resigns for a sweetheart long term deal, knowing he's contending with next to AD. And then you still have like guys like Baines, Tice, Ojale, and then whoever else you get as mid level signings to kind of fortify the bench. But it is obviously a pretty top yeah. three lineup. Uh, should oh. I give my team now? Or, or actually, I had, actually I had one more question, B-Rob. Yeah. Is AD a Rich Paul client in this universe? Yes. Okay, interesting. So there is little faith then that he would resign in Boston? I think there's skepticism, but I think there's... Well, first of all, his, maybe his dad isn't as mad as the Celtics now because they never traded Isaiah Thomas. So maybe you have that going for them. <laughs> That's but true. in all seriousness, um, I just think you get him for a year and a half with Kawhi, and like I think you are you are the favorite until further notice with this core. Um, I think it's a, again it's a huge gamble for a couple years there, but you know you have Hayward locked up, you have Horford lined locked up, so you just you have faith that you're going for it all now, and that these those guys wouldn't want to leave it. Yeah, that's a fascinating what if. Um, so my team, uh, Mike, real quick, I have to ask you a quick question. Yeah, uh, can you believe the NFL okay. preseason is underway? Uh, to celebrate, I can't, Rich. <laughs> to celebrate another season kickoff, BetOnline.ag and CLNS Media are giving you a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS fifty to receive your welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. And uh, right now the odds are 5-1 to one that you just made up your team like five minutes ago. Mike Pina. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think I, you did. I, you were t- I, what, were you, what were you typing? That's what we want to know. I'm that's private, but, um, I, so my thing with this whole exercise was, okay, I'll just, I'm just going to say the players who are, I guess, still technically Celtics who are on this hypothetical team. They are Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, and Jason Tatum. I'm nervous. The new players... I guess technically one is not new is Al Horford who would resign and AD is my fifth player. So it's pretty straightforward. And in my construction of this team, Anthony Davis was traded for the same summer that they traded for Kyrie Irving instead. So the package that I have going to the New Orleans Pelicans is Jalen Brown, Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas. uh, And then, I mean, the draft pick thing is just kind of all over the place. You have the Nets pick, the Kings pick, Clippers pick, Grizzlies pick. And I'm not saying all all four of those picks would be in the deal, but whatever is necessary to get something done. Um... And the way I kind of looked at it was like, this is a negotiation with Dell Demps first and foremost, and not yeah. David Griffin. 
And this is also before the whole Rich Paul thing and before LeBron is even on the Lakers. So uh, I don't think, like, I think that the package is pretty fair. Like, what do you guys, is that like a realistic package? I know the, the question of would they trade him and would he be open to a trade or, or anything like that? I feel in hindsight, it's kind of kind of fair to say that he was unhappy even then i mean that was the year before like i mean that was the year that they traded for boogie in some kind of like last ditch desperation right, that was trade but, line. but there was no i mean there's just no momentum with this whole organization and his partnership there and it was kind of heading towards this conclusion the whole time i mean we were talking on the pod at the time about ad it was no secret that the celtics wanted anthony davis so i feel like it's realistic enough to get it done for this hypothetical exercise so you're going like the paul george route like just giving overwhelming them to the point where they can't say no like happened with okc yeah basically and um like also with this trade the the really funny hypothetical or, or or just you know looking back is that Gordon Hayward never gets hurt because Kyrie is the one who threw the lob. So you're right. getting healthy Gordon Hayward. We we shouldn't forget. That's a huge, huge factor in all this. Um, and I, I, also, love... I, so I really don't have... Yeah, Rich? No, so I, I love the idea because as soon as that season started and Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the court, like he's not getting traded. But, but at the time they traded for Kyrie and in this situation where they're trading for AD, he's still coming off an all-star year. He's nearly averaging 30 points a game. So I do like the idea of trading him then because that's the only time you're going to get anything really significant for him. That's, just, that's where exactly. he, still, he still has a, some pop. And a, you know, when you throw him into the mix and it, to, with the Pelicans, they can be like, oh, we're also getting this all-star point guard. Exactly. So, like, I don't even, obviously his hip was a little banged up, but nobody really knew how bad it was. So you could argue that Isaiah was the most, I mean, he was, he was going to have to get paid, but Isaiah was not chopped liver in this, in this uh, trade either at the time coming off the season that he had. Um, The other thing I look at, I mean, I I don't really have a point guard on the team. Like, I I kept Marcus Smart and just assumed that they would re-sign him to a deal similar to the one that he he ended up signing. Gordon is Gordon. He just, you know, he was already on the max contract. They just signed him. Uh, Tatum is around. He was not yet. Wait, he was. He was drafted. Was he even in the NBA? Yeah, he was drafted. He hadn't played yet. Yep. So so he was not this, you know, phenom prospect at the time. And I feel like you could you could hold him out of the deal and, and I think Jalen might even be more attractive to someone like Dell Dems. Um and then Al Horford, uh like we said, like he left because for I who knows exactly why he left, but obviously he thought that the his his life in Philadelphia would be easier and uh with a higher chance of success of winning the title than staying with the Celtics. But if the Celtics had Anthony Davis uh, and healthy Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum and smart, I feel like Horford would be fine sticking around and they would be able to work something out. Yeah. I like this, Mike. I like the mentality of going after AD that early. I were, I do wonder I don't think that deal gets done unless Tatum's in that deal in terms of like 
overwhelming them enough where they have to pull the trigger on it. That'd be my only, uh, not quibble, but just thing mm. I would fight. Because just think about, because Jalen's value wasn't that high then either. Like, he had his breakout that season too. He was good in the playoffs against the Cavs, like in that, you know, when they got crushed in that series, but he really took it to the next level in year, you know, which was year two, I think, at that point. Yeah. Well, again, you're, you're Would you have done that? If I was who? If you were Danny, would you have included Tatum in that at that point? That's a really difficult question to answer. I mean, it's impossible to disentangle myself from everything that we saw out of Tatum in his rookie year, which lingers on as just like this it's the reason for optimism going forward. Um, I mean, probably, yes, I would have included him, but, and then, I mean, if I did that, then I would have had, I would still have all these draft assets and it wouldn't look no, like. No, and the draft assets. You have to include the draft. Cause think about it. You're getting three years of AD in this scenario. It like, is by trading great. for So like, that is like, that has to be, you have the mother load offer has to be coming the Pelicans way for them to say yes, for even Dell Depp to say yes to this. So that means Tatum Brown and all the picks. I think that's the situation where the Pelicans have to be like, okay, like, we got to do this. Yeah. In that case, I mean, I'm trying to think, was it was, was Marcus Morris, when did Marcus Morris come aboard? I'm yeah, he was on the team then too, yep. Okay, so then I guess if if I did shift it around, which I don't want to, um, <laughs> then I guess Marcus Morris would just be like the starting three yeah. or whatever. Um and that would still work out. Do you guys think that that team could could have beaten the uh, the Warriors and or even you know assuming that everything else kind of fell in line with the Eastern Conference teams and like you know the Bucks rose up out of nowhere and uh, you know the Sixers I guess were you know they still haven't beat and Simmons and in this scenario i guess Kawhi is is still on toronto like do you think this this celtics team with ad and with gordon and uh i guess marcus smart and horford is that like enough to 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 come out of the east last year and and potentially win it all or, or just how do you guys like that team the gordon thing for me is the hardest thing to, to wrap my head around you know just like what what he would have been like and who who he was and who he would be right now, um, but also I think a lot of that falls on AD. You know, we we still haven't seen him really. We've I'm, the NBA is clearly the highest level, but like consistently be the best player on a really really good team. We haven't seen it yet. Um, but so so we would put, so we say we put him against like last year's Philly or last year's Toronto, and how do they match up? Yeah, I think I I, I think that I think that they I, I don't know if it's like a shoe in. But I could see them in the finals last year. I don't know if I see them. I mean, granted, with, with, with what the Warriors looked like by the end. But if we're going this time, like space time continuum, then you know, KD maybe doesn't get hurt, or or uh, Clay doesn't get hurt. Um, but w- with what the Warriors looked like at the end of last year, sure, that could be that could be a legit title contender. Yeah, yeah. it would have been some fascinating battles in the East against I think Kawhi's Raptors and what in the Bucks. But I'm a Fritch. I think again, it's not a shoe in, but. You like I like their chances, and then I think the the, the finals is not a toss up against the healthy Warriors, but you have a shot in that series too. I feel like. 
Do you think if, let's say this all went down, where the Celtics trade for AD that summer, two years ago, like, how do you think that affects LeBron? Ooh. Ah, uh, yeah, it is. It is funny to think about that now. I think everything stays the same with LeBron. I do too. Because Kyrie is still in Cleveland. Kyrie is still in Cleveland, right? And then I'm. Oh, sure, right. I mean, he did ask for the trade, but but like, yeah, there's so many up. different. There's so many different variables. It's like, what did the Cavs get for Kyrie if they didn't get what the Celtics offered? Does LeBron stay in Cleveland? Does LeBron still just go to LA knowing that AD is seemingly off the table when I'm sure he had his eye on AD like from the jump or at least, you know, once he realized Paul George was not going there and Kawhi wasn't going there? Like, do LeBron I, I and know. Kyrie somehow win another title together? No. Yeah, it's, I, I, I don't think so, but I think it's, it's a fascinating thing to think about. And it's so funny, like how one trade just changes everything. <laughs> it's, it's 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 really fascinating to think about. Like it's funny you bring this up. So I went down the Kyrie rabbit hole, um, just of like around like pre-trade stuff two years ago that summer. Do you guys remember what the reported runner-up offer was next to Boston for him? <laughs> no. Is it Phoenix? Who was it? Phoenix was in the mix, but they this was another Eastern Conference team. Was it Miami? It was Milwaukee. I literally don't remember this. Yeah, so this is, I think it was Zach Lowe reported this in one of those columns, or Woj, or both of them. But the reported offer from Milwaukee, which is kind of crazy to think about in hindsight now, was uh, Middleton, who at that point pretty much missed the whole, wasn't an all-star yet, had missed like a lot of the season before for bad hamstring injury, but was obviously still good. Brogdon, could be off his rookie of the year and a first round pick. Wow. Wow. That is so really fascinating. The Cavs, think about if the Cavs, like, I mean, they obviously should have taken that offer if they wanted to stay competitive um, in hindsight. But it is just like, even one year later, like, even like six months later, that looked like a slam dunk deal. Uh, yeah, Milton's them. great next to LeBron. But, yeah, but. Right? And then Brogdon on that team? That like Cavs that? team could have won it all. It would have been right. To, it would have been far more competitive in the, the finals, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, wow. That's very interesting. Um, Should I wrap it up with uh, but just with, a few with, months? With, just with a my f- five? Yes. Go ahead, Rich. Do it, Rich. Well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you got, I mean, uh, Mike, you said you don't really have a point guard on your team. Uh, Rob, you have Terry Rozier as your as your starting championship point guard on your squad. But so I have my three leftovers are Tatum, Hayward, and Smart. And then on uh, on draft night 2018, I have the Celtics giving sending Jalen Brown, sending Jalen Brown home to Atlanta with a bunch of other picks and a few other things for the uh, rights to Luka Doncic. Big draft Ooh, day trade for Danny. Wow. Ainge. Point guard wow. of the future. Um, Did this come close? Do you feel like this wasn't like? I heard rumors a lot that they really liked him. Yeah, I mean, well, everyone really liked him, but like, yeah, I think that he is a. I think they did a lot of. They looked at him really hard. I think that they would have been comfortable handing the keys to him. Um, 
and yeah, and then I and then I think I also have them picking up Larry Nance Jr. along the way because that was another guy that I think that they really wanted, who clearly was available, uh, who was traded to Cleveland and sure. for Isaiah Thomas later that same year. So maybe he's a sixth man. And then for my center, I, I think that they maybe sign uh, Vucevic this summer with the uh, with the money that because I don't think Al, I don't think Al Horford sticks around with the with the other four that I just mentioned. Um, so I think you pay you pay Vucevic. So. Uh, Luca, Smart, Tatum, Hayward, Vucevic, and like Larry Nance Jr. coming off the bench, or maybe start you know, or maybe you start. I Larry love Nance Vucevic at, because you, maybe you start Larry Nance at four, you know. I love this team, and just in in contrast, that you because you took we took three different routes here. You took like the extreme young route, like build young, cost controlled, like high upside guys over the long term, not gamble on any trades. Mike is gambling on AD and I'm just going all in <laughs> on AD and Kawhi for like a two year window and hopefully more. So how does that team but, look? Uh, how's, that, how's that team look in the East this year? Lucas. Oh, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough right now, but um, what about your picks? Like what, what picks do you have in that deal, Rich? Like what do you have left over? So do you have so, a couple things you could still make a big deal for? Yeah, so that's where it gets a little bit tricky, right? So I'm I'm assuming that the Celtics are a little are a little bit worse that 17-18 year, right? Without Kyrie, right. Uh, although they would have Gordon, we're we're assuming, but I, I don't think they're quite as good. So maybe the draft picks a little bit lower. I think you give you give like the Sacramento pick, the Memphis pick had already come in, right? Had already we they already had the Memphis pick. Yep, they still have it. Yeah. The only yep. problem is I don't I don't know how much that that Atlanta Dallas trade I don't know how much that had to do with the fact that Atlanta was probably pretty sure they could get Trey Young and maybe like that's who they were after so maybe there have to be a way to to right. to make that happen for them as well but uh, yeah I mean I think you give up Memphis and uh, Sacramento plus Jalen for Luca so I don't know and how you much use more your you Brooklyn pick on someone. So you have the Brooklyn pick on this team too, like you used to yeah, in sure. So that could be whatever, like Sexton or whoever you want to say, one of the bridges or whoever you want to go, just Alexander, whoever you want to put that was taken eight or later. Yeah, exactly. Team. Probably not That's one of the point guards. Maybe like, maybe a, a you know a bigger guy, like maybe one of the bridges who can play a little bit, you know, be more versatile on on defense. Wait, so just so Tatum's on this team. Tatum is on this team. Yes. So Tatum, Doncic, Hayward. So Tatum and Doncic. That's where it's really interesting. I don't think that the this Celtics team would be ready to contend uh, this year or maybe even next year. But like you are setting yourself up for a scenario where you have two of the top ten players in the league who naturally would be able to complement each other, like when they're in their prime. And that's kind of when you'd be shooting for the title. So I love it. I think it's fascinating. Uh, Luca is, I mean, there's still a little doubt out there that last year was, I guess like his, his growth curve is a little bit in doubt with some people who want to see how he'll perform when the NBA kind of realizes that he's all craft and the athleticism is just not, ever going to get better than what we saw last year but who right. knows um 
but just you know his vision his playmaking his intelligence the the fact that he could handle the ball and do all these different things where he sets up tatum instead of relying on tatum to kind of create for himself and live off the uh those those iso long twos and everything i think it's i think it's great and uh it's just not ready to win right away and i think when we when we kind of look back at where we were in 2017 at least where I was mentally, like a step towards the finals was kind of what we were all looking for, like moves that would advance them in more of a win now way. Um, so that's where it kind of throws me for a loop. And I, I think it would be really fascinating to see the reaction to a trade like that also. Yeah. Well, yeah, cause it's interesting I that agree, you say, Mike. I think it's oh, just go ahead, term- in the strategy of it, like, Everything else, like the AD and the Kawhi, like everything, all the star trades were gambles because there wasn't any, a year or two attached at tops to any of these guys. Going younger and, you know, building for an era post-Warriors, assumedly, when like you hope that Durant leaves or someone else leaves. So you have guys in their 20s coming up together. You kind of are setting up yourself for the most control of your destiny by trading for a guy like Doncic in this scenario. And my question for you too, Rich, is like, it'd be fascinating to see the push and pull of like, are those guys ready to compete while Hayward's still in his prime? Like that kind of a balancing act would be fascinating. Yeah, I was thinking about that as, as Mike was making his point too, that that you'd probably let let Gordon go at the end of his contract as Tatum and, and, and Luca are ready to really take the reins. You know, I don't, I don't, or, or maybe Gordon is at a, a point where he's ready to step back. You know, we'll see. But also, right. and Pina, another thing that you said, you know, he said in, in 17, after what we'd seen, you were ready for them to make a move forward, right, into being a, a contender. But I think mm-hmm. if, it, it, for me, it was more that they just got to make a move in either direction. Because where they were, they'd made the Eastern Conference Finals two, two years in a row, right? Or, or was it three? Two years? Yeah. Two years in a row, they made the Eastern Conference Finals without, like, a realistic chance of winning the title. So they were just in that, it was like a weird no man's land. Like <laughs> conference finals, no man's land is, is, is uncharted territory, but it's, that's still what it was. They were one of the better teams in the conference, but they weren't good enough to win the title. So I just, I was ready just to see them move either way. Just pick a direction, go for it now or go for the future. But just, you know, it, it, like you, and, and like you said too, be you know, all these great contracts, the Avery Bradley deal, the Jay Crowder deal, they suddenly were starting to lose their value just because the years were running out. So it was time to make a move, um, and in retrospect, I, I don't think that they made a wrong move bringing in Kyrie Irving. You know, I, I uh, especially when you consider the Gordon Hayward injury. Like, what does that team look like if he never gets hurt? Um, but it would have been interesting to see what happened uh, if it, if it never did happen, which I guess is, was is what this is all about. Well, yeah. it is like like you said, they made the right move in the sense of like going for closer to for it now but they just spit on the wrong horse which like it happens like no one knew that it was going to be the wrong horse there were warning signs but there were warning signs for everyone so like it's you live you learn but you wonder um, if gordon if gordon never like, gets hurt i want to throw this to you it's very reasonable to think that they reached the finals that first year considering what happened considering there was, it was lebron and, Cer- and yeah. change you know certainly possible no question about it um. Yeah, I mean the, the what ifs from the Gordon injury are, you know, that's a whole other uh, 
can of worms, but you're right. Like that, you would think that with with good health with that team, like you like the chances of them being in the finals for one of the two years. Um, and I'm sure that a healthy game Hayward on that team influences what Danny does in roster building over that time. Um, my question now, kind of bringing this up to the present day for both of you guys, like where. To your point, Rich, like, I'm still confused. Like, you have 29-year-old Kemba Walker, 29-year-old Hayward, and then you have the young guys. So, like, is this year, do they need to make a decision now? Like, in terms of, like you said, Rich, like, making a step in one direction or the other? Or is it more just, like, seeing what works with this group and then kind of, like, maybe a bit of both is the way to go? I think what you had said about last year, right? Um... I'll say real quick, B-Rub, well, you've said a couple times about last year, uh, this summer, which is that you wonder why they didn't do something earlier to shake things up once it seemed like things weren't going to be right. I think this is the year that, that you see that happen. I think that, that they, they, they run it out, they see how things fit, and if still there are situations that either people aren't accepting their roles or the roles just aren't meshing or the talent's not meshing, I think this is the year that you quickly see someone get, get traded. Perhaps. I, I I think that Jalen's situation, which we've discussed numerous times on this pod, is fascinating. And whether or not they will uh, try to, it, you know, it, I think if any, if it's not going great, I think Jalen is the guy that is dangled. And you see who is willing to take him on as a restricted free agent and pay his next contract. And, and that's where I think a more likely move is is backwards. And you're trying to get younger pieces who are on rookie scale deals and maybe a draft pick. Um, but obviously when you sign Kemba Walker to the max contract, and you know, even after Al Horford has decided to leave, I think it's clear that you know you you want to win sooner than later, and you're kind of just banking on Tatum in a lot of ways to make the leap forward that a lot of people think he can. And you know, if he's an All Star, and and we've talked about this so many times, if he's an All Star and Gordon looks like an All Star, or at least his former self. Um, Kemba looks great. I mean, who knows what could happen with this team? And uh, so I, I don't know if a trade will happen just to shake things up, but uh, because you don't want to just deal away someone like Jalen just for the sake of of dealing him. But no, it wouldn't be. That. I do think it would, that it would be a, strate- just, it, would be a it could go either way for sure. I don't think that they would ever do it just to do it. I mean, it would be a very strategic move. Uh, if it if it happens, but I just don't necessarily think that when you say you know younger is sort of taking a step back, I think what we what we saw last year is that and sometimes in basketball, depending on the talent, like less can be more. You know, if you get a younger guy on a on a on a, on a cheaper deal, uh, who soon will be cheaper deal than than Jalen, but it's a guy that just does different things and uh, doesn't need as much, doesn't need the ball as much, or isn't expecting as much, but can also help the team in other ways. Like I think there's a chance you could do that and get better for them now. And leave yourself more open for the future, right? It's it, right. When I say step back, I mean more with your timeline. That's not, what I'm saying. I think the timeline could of, be the same. Like your talent, right? But talent. Maybe you have right, enough talent. But, maybe Kemba, right. Tatum, and Hayward is enough of that star talent to to be the core of a of a contender. 
but you need a little bit more of those complimentary pieces and, and to have a cheaper one as well would be even better. Maybe Jalen's just not complimentary. Right. I think we're saying the same thing more or less. Okay. Um, so what, what, so out of, I guess we should put this up on, uh, on Twitter or something on our account, uh, and have people maybe vote on who they think is the best. What, 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 what's five some would be, the best i mean rich what is your final five because i know you've, you've been dipping larry nance in and out of it <laughs> <laughs> well it just depends on how and if you, if, you, if you can start i mean it's sort of the same question we have now like can you start uh gordon and, and tatum at the forwards i don't know uh but but if, if you're taking your most talented five i will say luca smart gordon tatum and vucevic Vucevic. Mm-hmm. I, I love Vucevic. Uh, yeah, we. I, yeah, that's Vucevic all the way. I'm How old is he? I think he's 29. Oh, really? That's older than I thought. I'll look it up. Yeah, that quick. sounds right. I mean, and the other, uh, the other wild card to this for the discussion we were just having about the, the current day situation. 29 in October. Jalen situation is. I think. Uh, I think the Celtics are really hoping or can bank on. One of the rookies, like, kind of, you know, immediately looking like a really good deal for either for themselves or for as a trade asset. Like, you have, you took, you took three picks at the top 33. Langford, we haven't seen at all, but, like, as far as a size, skill set, like, that's a pretty clear Jalen backup plan in my mind. Um, or Hayward, whoever, you know, whoever's not on this team in another year or two. And then you have Grant Williams, who could be, you know, a Larry Nance Jr. light a couple years down the road. And then Carson Edwards might end up being the best player out of that bunch. Like, if Summer League, I don't know. Like, realistically, I could easily see him being, you know, having the longest career out of that group. So, like, if those guys start to hit right away, then you have more trade options right away to get better now. And maybe you can package one of them with the Memphis pick and Jalen and get the close to an all-star a little big or the, the final piece with Tatum and Hayward, et cetera, to make yourself a more realistic contender. I just don't think with the front court they have right now that they are like, they can contend in the East. I think that the, that's a fantastic segue into our next episode whenever we record it. And we'll, that's a great teaser. Ooh. Which is what the Celtics closing five, right? Just it's to tease not, it out a little bit more. How you, that's not how you do the teaser, but yeah. <laughs> no, why, why not? That's the ultimate tease to say that's, what it's going to be. Like that, we don't yeah. have to talk about it. You tell no. the people, tell the people too much, Rich. Tell the people too much. No, I think that this was, was just enough. Though. We'll I see. Like this. this was good. I liked how I liked how uh, different our teams were, and I liked the, the reasoning behind all of it. By the way, if we put it, if it's we put like, a poll up on Twitter with just the starting fives, I mean, B Rob's team is certainly gonna. Yeah, we gonna can't win do that. Poll. We have to. We'll 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 figure out a way to to do it with some uh, more context. But reply <laughs> reply to us right now. Reply if you're listening still at Winning Plays Pod at Brian T Rob at Rich underscore Levine at Michael B Pino. Let us know whose plan you like the most. Uh going the long-term view with rich the get super aggressive early with ad for mike uh going all in with Kawhi and ad with me uh with more risk attached 
So, yeah, let us know what path you like, and we'll figure out a way to put it in the poll. And whoever wins the poll, we'll go back in time and make it happen. That'll be the, our, our deal with the listeners. Right. Be- beautiful. All right. That'll put a, a wrap on this one, guys. We will be back. Rich, you want to tease that again? What we got coming up? No, that's, 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 oh, that's a tease right there. You just say tease. That's how it works. No more information. Right. <laughs> that's it. Later. If you-